For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Rochelle, and this is the Bay Area Podcast here on the Bleed Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Citra Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. You can find me personally at Rochelle Radio on Twitter. On this week's show, we're going to be talking about the Oakland Athletics and the San Francisco Giants and their upcoming series from a betting perspective over the course of the next few days. Before we do all that, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all of the news, scores, and odds that you need. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. I use Bet Online all the time, and I can truly say it is my favorite book out there on the markets. Now, if you actually want a pretty solid promo, head over to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Memory of Podcast here on the Bleed Podcast in America. Before we end up going on break, we appreciate what we'll be doing for this week's show. Once again, talking about some baseball, especially since it is going to be the first couple of games post-All-Star break. So hopefully both teams in the West Coast, particularly the Athletics and the Giants in the Bay Area, do a pretty solid job. But to start off, we're going to be talking about the Oakland Athletics and their upcoming series, and it's going to be taking place against the Cleveland Indians, and that's going to be starting on Friday, since uh, the only game on Thursday is going to be between the Yankees and the Red Sox. Why? I don't really know. But either way... Uh, We have a full day before the games actually start, so we'll go through the three games, and then we will transition talking about the Giants and their series against the Cardinals. But starting off with Oakland, just to quickly go through once again how they are doing just in the standings. They are 52-40, and which gives them possession of second place in the ALS, trailing only the Astros. So they've been doing well, but of course they've been doing better because winning the division and avoiding that one-game wild card would be a huge upgrade. But either way, looking at... The actual athletics going to be pretty difficult at this point in time to actually break these games down because nobody's really been announced when it comes to Oakland's rotation for the second half, so you don't really know who's going to be starting Game 1, Game 2, and Game 3 against Cleveland at this point in time. But I'll still break it down looking at who Cleveland's going to be using to pitch, and then I'll talk about whether or not I think they'll be good or whether or not I think Oakland will be able to overcome quality starting pitching. But either way, you have... Eli Morgan pitching for Cleveland in the Friday game, and he is 1-3 with an 8.44 ERA and a 1.50 whip. Really not good, and Oakland, despite being 12 over, is 5 over at home, so it's been pretty even when it comes to home and road splits. So I can't say Oakland is a dominating team at the Coliseum, but they are definitely above average. Meanwhile, Cleveland is 3 games over, but 2 games under on the road. So this team is better, of course, at progressive field than on in opposing ballparks. But either way, looking at the matchup here, I like Oakland to get the job done. You're talking about a situation where Cleveland, in addition to having the bad starting pitcher in the spot, has really been underwhelming offensively all year long. Not that surprising. Once you remember they shipped off Lindor and Carlos Santana left during 
the offseason. So you knew going in Cleveland would have some issues hitting the ball. Being no hit, I'd say two and a half times. If you if you count the seven inning, a double header against the Rays, then they got no hit three times in the first half of the season. So you know that this team really can't hit. And Oakland, I think, will be pretty sharp in the first game following the All-Star break. So I'm going to take Oakland. I do think that Morgan's going to struggle in this spot, and I think Oakland should probably score at least five or six runs in route to a nice win. Now looking at the second game in this series, you have Cal Quantrill pitching for Cleveland here, and he has been okay. 1-2 record, 4.23 ERA, 1.38 whip. So his numbers compared to Morgan aren't even close because Morgan has been atrocious, and you kind of wonder how Morgan's still in the rotation. But either way, you want to look at the road numbers for Quantrill. They have been worse 4.66 4.66 ERA and has not been pretty. But you look at some, you look at Quantrill's numbers, and they've been okay. I'd say to some degree. Now the issue you have with him is the fact that he's had a couple of really bad outlier starts that have kind of ruined his ERA. But you look at his couple of appearances lately: six innings, three runs against Kansas City; five and a third, three runs against Houston; three and a third, four runs against Detroit. Four and a third, six runs against Minnesota. Start before that, five innings, no runs against Pittsburgh. So as you can tell, he's kind of all over the place when it comes to whether or not he'll actually pitch well or get blown up. So that's a huge question mark for Cleveland in this situation. Having said that, I actually think he's going to pitch pretty well in this matchup. I think that he'll bounce back. Now, of course, it's pretty difficult to predict who's going to win the games, not knowing who's going to be pitching for Oakland. But I'm going to take Cleveland. In this spot, I think Quantrill will pitch decently, something like he's done for the last couple of starts, and I think he'll probably go five innings, three runs, six innings, three runs, and Cleveland's bullpen is very good with Klasse, uh shutting the door there and potentially winning AL Rookie of the Year. Well, 1.74 ERA for a closer, definitely sharp. You know that Cleveland's not going to blow many leads if they are leading in the seventh or eighth inning. So I do think Cleveland will do enough to hang around, maybe win this game four to three. So... I think they're going to end up chopping the first two games of the series, and that's going to take us to the third game of the series, which is going to involve Zach Plesak and somebody. I, once again, don't know who's pitching for Oakland, but Plesak has had a pretty up-and-down year. Excuse me, 4-3 and three record overall, 4.31 ERA, 1.04 whip, plus he also missed some time due to injury, so he's hoping his second half is a little bit more consistent moving forward, but... Plesak's been decent. The issue he has had is on the road, 4.94 ERA on the highway. Uh, so I do kind of question if we're able to keep it together. Now, I'm sure a lot of people would think that there's some value on Cleveland here, just regardless of who's pitching for Oakland, because Plesak is the second-best pitcher in the rotation, behind Bieber, of course. But I do have some question marks about Plesak, because despite being very good last year, this year has kind of been up and down, and lately... He has not really been too good. Now, I think it's a good sign that he had the all-star break following those two poor starts because maybe he can get back on track personally. But four innings, three runs against Kansas City, three and two-thirds, five runs against Minnesota. He has gotten lidden up lately, and I do think he's going to struggle in the spot. So I think Oakland will end up taking the series finale here. So once again, just to recap that series, I like Oakland to win the first game, Cleveland to win the second game, and Oakland to win the third game. But now switching gears, talking about the Giants and the Cardinals, once again, going to be somewhat tough to break down some games because of the fact that the Cardinals have not announced who's pitching on Saturday and Sunday. So we're going to have to try to 
Hope that the Giants pitching will be able to determine enough about who's going to win that game. But either way, we actually do have the pitching matchup of the official one for Friday as you have Kevin Gaussman on the mound against Adam Wainwright. But before we break down the game, we're going to do once again what we did for Oakland, etc. and talk about the division standings. And the Giants are the surprising first place team in the NL West with a 57-32 record, best record in all of baseball, which is really shocking as they have been the true Cinderella story so far this season. But you're looking at St. Louis. This team really fell off a cliff. They were hanging in there with Milwaukee for the first couple of months, and then after that, they hit an absolute wall. And now St. Louis is below 500. And to make matters worse, they are currently tied for third place with the Cubs, and they are eight games back of Milwaukee. So the Cardinals really fell apart. They're going to try to go on another Cardinals miraculous second-half run to maybe sneak into a wild-card spot, but... This team has a lot of flaws, and we can talk about them as we break down the games. But anyway, moving back to the first game of the series, you have Gaussman on the mound against Wainwright. Gaussman, 9-3 record, 1.73 ERA, .82 whip. Meanwhile, you have Adam Wainwright on the mound for the Cardinals, a longtime veteran, 7-5 record with a 3.58 ERA, 1.15 whip. Now, Gaussman, we know based on the numbers alone, he has been probably the most improved player in the league. And when it comes to Cy Young voting, he's not going to get any consideration because of the fact that DeGrom has been Bob Gibson-esque this season. But if, if DeGrom was not pitching as well in some parallel universe, Gaussman might be the favorite to win the NL Cy Young. That's just a testament to how good he's been. But Wainwright, the numbers have been pretty solid, especially for a guy who is 39 at this point in time. But his numbers at home have been better as he has a 2.55 ERA at home. So that's kind of been the trend for Wainwright for the last couple of years. His home road splits are pretty just glaring. And Bush Stadium has always been a place that he's excelled in. So I think you're going to see a good pitcher's duel. I think you'll see both teams probably struggle to score more than three runs in this spot. Maybe one team breaks to four in uh, the later innings once the bullpen actually gets involved. But I'm going to take the Giants. I think Gaussman is the better pitcher. And I think that even though the Cardinals have been pretty good at home this season as they are five over. I can't get past the fact that Wainwright, despite having good numbers at home and pretty good numbers overall, has kind of struggled with the home run ball as the Cardinals, uh, say veteran ace or whatever you want to call him at this point, because with Flaherty being out, he's one of the best pitchers on the staff. He's given up 13 home runs in 105.2 innings, which I do think is a bit concerning. But either way, I think it'll be close, but I do think the Giants will end up squeaking out a win in this spot. But anyway, looking at the second game in the series, you are going to be looking at a pretty solid pitcher once again for the Giants, because if you have noticed the actual rotation this season, the rotation has been very good. You have Di Scalfani on the mound against somebody. We don't know who that's going to be, so we'll find that out at some point in the next couple of days. Di Scalfani's been very good as well. Uh, 10-3 record, 2.68 ERA, 1.00 whip. And if you want to look at the home road splits on the road, he has been pretty good as well. 2.14 ERA, 5-2 record on the highway. So he's really just been the model of consistency. Him and Gaussman have really been a nice one-two punch at the top of the rotation. And I do think he's going to pitch well in the spot once again. Plus record alone with a 10-3 record, I know that you can put up good numbers, which usually helps you get a good overall record. But I think we can agree that run support is always a huge factor when it comes to picking up a lot of wins, and the fact that he has 10 wins at the break means that the Giants are giving him a pretty decent amount of run support, and I do think that'll carry over once again into the Saturday game, so I like the Giants in this spot. I once again think this game will be close. I do think that you might see 
Tiscofani. Maybe give up uh, th- two, three runs or so. But at the end of the day, I do think that the Giants will have enough to win that game by about one run. And that's going to take us to the Sunday game. There's going to be between uh, Johnny Cueto and somebody. Uh, you know, hopefully somebody not very good for the Cardinals. But once again, there's only so much you can do when a lot of teams with the extra time off might be skipping some starts or resetting the rotation, etc. So either way, you have Cueto on the mound. 6-5 and five record, 4.15 ERA, 1.32 whip. Cueto has been decent, I think is a good way to put it, especially for a guy who you weren't really expecting much from at the age of 35 as he's battled some injuries for the last couple of years. But the home road splits are pretty noticeable as Cueto, despite having a 4.15 overall ERA, has a 5.64 road ERA. So he's really struggled in opposing ballparks. And I do think the Cardinals will be able to avoid the sweep by beating the Giants on Sunday. You look at Cueto's last couple of starts, they have not been great. Pitch against the Cardinals on Tuesday, July 6th, and he was not very good. That was at home. Six innings, four runs. Start before that at Arizona, five innings, five runs. I don't exactly get a good feeling from Cueto in this spot. I think that Cueto is going to end up struggling, and I do think the Cardinals will end up scoring enough in order to win this game. Potentially by multiple runs, but I do think the Cardinals will try to avoid the sweep at all costs, and I do think that facing off against Cueto is definitely going to help them out in that pursuit. But... Either way, once again, just looking at all of the games that we took a look at in this podcast, looking at Oakland, we like Oakland to win the first game, lose the second game, and win the third game. And as for the Giants, we like the Giants to win the first game, win the second game, and lose the series finale on Sunday. So hopefully uh, going 2-1 and one for both uh, the Giants and the and Oakland is important because you got to win series, especially in the second half. I know last week we had another winning week as we went 2-1 for both the A's and the Giants. Hopefully our winning streak continues. But as of right now, that's going to do it for this installment of the Bed and Maria podcast. Good luck to all of you and respect the best today. Bye, everyone. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.